It's Thursday, May 5th, 2022, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 290. Fortune Street is good, though. Runtime for this episode is 48 minutes. And welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast where we'll make a surprisingly low amount of Akira Toriyama jokes. Again, my name is Jeremy. I'm the Jester. I'm Tyler. Zach's distracted. So I found a, I found a notebook that I had down here <laughs> a long time ago that I totally forgot about. My name is Zach. We're delving a dungeon, otherwise known as Zach's basement. <laughs> it's yeah. not that bad. I messed up. We recorded a whole episode on Dragon Quest, and I had to throw it in the garbage, and my punishment is I have to record in Zach's basement at least twice. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my basement. It's a perfectly reasonable space. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with this basement. Yes, I agree. Now, the things in the basement... <laughs> What's wrong with the things in the basement? It's not like I'm sitting at a desk with a whole bunch of piled up plastic sprues yeah i was gonna say how, how many pounds of sprues do you think you I have think i don't think there's multiple pounds of sprues they're pretty light zach <laughs> there's a vhs of copy of the movie babe on your desk and it would take us like eight things before we got to that <laughs> it probably doesn't even work doesn't matter if there isn't any uh one's a vhs i feel like i would be the one who would own a, v- a vcr and i don't I own a VCR. I don't know if it works because I have not hooked don't it up. Don't you also have time. a Betamax? Yes, I doubt that works. I have access to a VCR player. I do not have a laser disc player, though. We played Dragon Quest three. <laughs> the I feel like it should have a subtitle. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's the yeah. one where you wear goggles. Or is that two? Or is it, is it both of them? You do not wear goggles in this one. Do you I, have goggles that you do not wear? No, you look very Vegeta. Like, I know it's a Dragon Quest, but you look extremely Vegeta. You, I guess you look like Goku with Vegeta hair and a sword. Yeah, that's right. It occurs to me that the main character's father is literally just like some random Saiyan dude. He looks exactly like a Saiyan in Saiyan armor, and it didn't even occur to me until just now. But before that, we have to talk about what we've been playing and try to remember it, because none of us have played Legends Arceus since the last time we recorded, have we? I have. Oh, okay. I feel like we should follow up on that because we talked about it a lot. Like, the last time we recorded, as far as anyone listening knows, is when I sold Zach a copy of Pokemon Legends Arceus. (laughs) Jeremy sold me that copy of Legends Arceus, and then I cleared the game in, like, two weeks. Something I still have not done. One day, maybe. Because I just consumed that game. It's a fun game. It's a lot of fun. I'm so chipping away at it. I've completed the, like, main quest thing, but I'm doing, like, all the post-game stuff right now. Yeah, see, I don't really do the post-game stuff, although it does make, it does amuse me to be like, all right, I need to get these uh, nuts out of this tree. Here, God of Time. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) Get these things out of the tree for me. I I also really like the, like, in-game characters being like, well, sure, you caught God, but what about uh, Second God? What about (laughs) Eleven Seas? (laughs) What about Mega God? (laughs) I mean, that's how Buddhism works, right? <laughs> mega God. Yep. And then you get the Mega Stone, so you can Mega Evolve Mega God. And then you Dynamax Mega Mega God. <laughs> and it becomes Ultimate God? Oh, no, then it becomes God Ultimate God. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I got you. Yeah, no, I've been having a ton of fun with RCS. I'm still working. Mostly, I do not have a ton of time for games recently, so I'm like playing in like one to two hour spurts. 
actually probably even less than that. I find it's a surprisingly easy game to just spend like 10 or 15 minutes on, like go do one outing, come back and you're done. So, yeah, my problem is that I do an outing to the first zone every time and I don't make any progress. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that'll be a problem. Well, especially if there were mass outbreaks that you keep wanting to go hit. I just finished the quest line to get massive mass outbreaks, which is one of the things they added in the DLC. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I haven't played it since the DLC came out, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, the way those work is when there is a mass outbreak, it'll have a different symbol. And you, well, not always, but sometimes you can go there and then there's like eight things having a mass outbreak at the same time that you can go choose from. But you don't know what they are unless you spend a currency on a Munchlax, who will then tell you what they are. Oh, wise Munchlax, <laughs> tell me what the massive outbreak is. Yeah, then he shows a bunch of berries in his mouth, and then you telepathically know what all the Pokemon are. Checks out. So, wise Munchzack, what have you been playing? I've been uh, I've been playing a lot of League of Legends. They had an event yep. recently this this uh, past couple of weeks. The cute Animal Girl event. I honestly most of the skins I didn't really care for, in part because of the champions they picked for them. I already have really good skins for. Most of the characters and the one that I didn't have a really good skin for, I don't really care for the champion anyway. Because, like, I already have an ultimate skin for Misfortune and a Star Guardian skin for Misfortune. I ended up picking up a, a pass for it, so I got two Jinx skins out of it. I got the Prestige Battle Cat Jinx and then just the standard one because that was the one that came in the bundle. The Battle Cat Jinx. I, I told you it's the cute anime girls event. Yeah, no, Bunny you're girls. right. Yeah, it's, it's a Battle it's battle Bunny Misfortune, Battle Cat Jinx, Battle Bat Vane, <laughs> Battle Bunny Prime Riven, Battle Van Scion, Battle Wolf Silas, which, like, Riven makes sense because she's kind of the progenitor of that whole skin line. The progenitor of that skin line was like, which of our champions would you look hot with bunny ears? I know, Riven. I bet some <laughs> boys would buy that. And then they did. I'm disappointed that they went with Misfortune and not Callista. Whose People, entire thing is, I jump. Yeah, she, but... She bunny hops. But Zach, you do a Google for Callista, and you do a Google for Misfortune, and you know which one you're getting more fan art of. I've just been working through, you know, the missions and whatnot for that. Having fun. It's a fun game still. It can be annoying at times, but it's a competitive game, so it's always going to be the case. When I get too annoyed, I drop it and go play like, you know, an hour or so of The Sims because, like, it's a non-competitive game, so what else am I going to do? I just find it really funny that The Sims is your cooldown game. Just, like, it, it just doesn't seem like a very Zacky game to me for some reason. I mean, The Sims 4 is definitely one of the weaker ones, I feel, but... The Sims 2 has this weird thing about it that it doesn't run really well on my computer. Yeah, I actually kind of wonder it if that would... It actually crashes because of a memory thing. Yeah, probably because it was made for 32-bit memory, because 64-bit memory was not a thing back when The Sims 2 came out. There's apparently a mod you can get for it to fix the issue, but I don't care enough. Just like, I can't play Dawn of War 2 anymore on my computer because it doesn't work with my processor. Your because processor is too advanced. My processor has too many cores. Apparently, if you have more than like eight or something like that, it just cra the game just crashes. It's like, I don't know what to do with all this processing power. I can't handle this. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I mean, other than that, like I've been playing all of my phone games still. I got my free five-star servant in Fate. I ended up going with Bradamante because I flipped a coin. Well, you asked me my opinion, and that's also that was also my answer. So I assumed the coin was me. No, no I, you're not supposed I don't, to tell me that. The coin I don't think I me. actually saw your response to that. Uh, well, you did because you're like, 
what? The color palette? That is a silly thing to make this oh. decision based on. I I, ended, I like that. I flipped a coin and just ended up going with Bradamante over Achilles. Everybody knows Im- coins are much better decision makers than color palettes. And then That's immediately fair. had buyers remorse. And I was like, you know, I have like eight five-star Lancers. I probably should have gone with the Rider. But, oh, I didn't know they had different classes. Yeah, Bradamante is a Lancer. Achilles is a Rider. But... Not a huge deal either way. The game is designed in a, in such a fashion that you don't really need anyone in particular. So I've been chewing through that. been trying to get through the next uh, story chunk of it. I mean, I have fun with that, but I honestly don't think I could recommend it to be, to anyone <laughs> in specific because like, it's a gotcha game. Yeah, that's fair. And it kind of is weird about itself because on the one hand, it's friendly because the welfare servants are good on the other hand they're hard to get at this point how why is that because they don't repeat events very often oh, okay usually the way they do it is the event comes out then it gets a rerun the next year and then they don't bring it back on the other hand they're always doing new events theoretically right yeah in theory what else have you been playing zach i played a bunch of uh, mortal kombat 11 and that's a game like, it, I mean, it's it's not a bad game, but it's also one of those that I'm like, I'm not sure I could really seriously recommend this to anybody in particular. I mean, it's kind of my thing on occasion for fighting games, but like, I'm not a fighting game connoisseur. And I think a lot of my like love for Mortal Kombat as a game comes from the fact that when I was a little kid, it was a big deal. Uh, so my little brother came over for Easter. And he asked me, if you could only watch one movie for the rest of the time, would it be the 90s Street Fighter movie or the 90s Mortal Kombat movie? And I was like, the 90s Street Fighter yeah, movie, definitely it's the not Street even movie. close. <laughs> I haven't played it, but I, won't, I, I think I need to actually go ahead and get through it. And that's that 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim on my PS4. Mostly because Facebook is now advertising it to me constantly because it came out on Switch. <laughs> what? Is it? I don't think I know about it this It sounds game. like a JRPG to me. It's like a JRPG visual novel type of thing. Like I, ha- I didn't get very far in it, but it's got like 13 different characters and they all end up with the same kind of story connecting to them. And they're all like our mecha pilot type of thing. So it's, one of, it's one of those stories, but none of them actually remember anything about it. Interesting. I mean, this is a very tall overview because when I first saw it, I was like, that sounds like my kind of game played it for a little bit and then stopped not because it was like oh this is so bad or anything like that it was just like okay that's a good stopping point for now and then just never went back to it i think since we last played i actually finished beating uh tokyo mirage sessions on the switch oh nice did you get through that the first time you played it Mm -hmm. okay i thought for some reason it was but it was funny because i think i stopped playing on my switch at the same place i'd stopped playing it originally on my wii u ah just because of the way the combat system works in that, it's really cool. But when you get into having to do a little bit of grinding or anything like that for something... It just really wears down. The fights tend to take a while because of the way the encores work. Which, like I said, still kind of a cool idea. And it's cool when it's rolling. But sometimes you're like, all I want is to get through this grind fest. And you guys just triggered like six ad-libs. So this fight that should have taken me tw- you know, two minutes just took me 20 Thanks. I do like that they're called ad-libs, though. That's pretty great. When you clear certain, like, story missions, like, side missions for your characters, they'll get certain abilities. 
that trigger on skills, but it's a chance to trigger on skills. So the combat system is kind of wonky because some fights it's like I get into this fight with this really challenging enemy and absolutely dumpster it, but then I'll get in the same fight, but I won't get all the different triggered things and I will have to run away. So interesting it's like critical hits taken to an extreme really as a mechanic yeah because one of them one of the like random elements is combo attacks from your characters that'll randomly pop up and they can do things like charm all enemies fully heal your party do exceedingly large amounts of damage and poison everybody stuff like that and they all have their own performance attached to them (laughs) which you have to watch which you have to watch and it's not being facetious. You can't skip them. You never skip an idle performance. You have to support them in your heart. Anything <laughs> else, Zach? Is there anything else? No, I've, I've done a lot of reading, though, which is unusual. I feel like it's not unusual. Well, Zach, it has remember been a lot... in high school when your teacher threw a marker at you because you were reading in class and you didn't notice? It has been unusual <laughs> the last couple of years. Like, I haven't been able to find a good time for me to actually do a lot of reading. But I've been doing it more recently, like, because I get up way too early. And so typically, last few weeks, I've been able, I, I realized, hey, I'm already awake rather than like mindlessly pretend, scroll the internet or something. <laughs> well, mostly just like try and stay in bed for as long as humanly possible. And then like, I can get ready for work and then read for like 15 minutes. Yeah, I should be doing that more. I tend to wake up at like 6 30 and then stay in bed until 7 30. And like, I'm not sleeping. I should just get up. That is one of the things that my that I've always had is like I've I'm always a morning I've always been a morning person so I get up early. My condolences. It's not a problem. Like, <laughs> I'm not like you guys where you could sleep till noon. I'm like I feel like I slept oh, in way what? too far when I sleep in till ten. Yeah, I can't, not anymore. I wake up at seven thirty at the latest every day now because I'm an old man. <laughs> I wake up at five, so I know the feeling. It's fun. The new season of anime all got started, but I'm not playing those. I'm watching a lot of them. Yes, I've heard that a lot of them are pretty dang good, too. Spy X Family is great. Anya is an absolutely adorable little reaction gremlin. Yeah, I can see. I've seen some, uh, like, memefied faces of her already. I'm like, I think those are going to stick around for years, honestly. What have you been playing, old man? And remember that you went, oh. Before we I, started <laughs> recording this. I did. Uh, so, unfortunately, I have a ton of things, so I'm going to try to, like, zoom through them. The thing I went oh about was I uh, have been kind of in the mood for an RPG recently, and I own Bravely Default 2. So, naturally, I went out and bought Shinten 5. How is that? All I know about that is the great E3 trailer they had where the main character was called Protag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, it's a Shinten game, which points there. So, how does that actually go? Don't know. Haven't started it yet. I picked it up and haven't played it. <laughs> From oh, man, that's the Jeremy technique for playing video games. From what it seemed like when I looked at it, or when I heard people talk about it, was that it kind of has the same like world jumping thing as some of the Persona games do, where you go back and forth, as opposed to most Shinten games where the world is already ended and you're, you know, hanging yep. out with Thor, trying to f- fix it or take it over, depending on which one you want to go with. I should finish in ten three. <laughs> That's Nocturne, yeah. Yeah. From what I've heard, everyone thinks that this is probably the best Shin Ten mechanically, but also the worst in terms of story. So That's saying something because I've played two Shin Ten games and they're not particularly strong on story anyway. Nope. Th- neither Nocturne nor Shin Ten Four are particularly strong. 
What's like Digital Devil Survivor is actually very interesting to play multiple times through because it's like got a pretty decent story and pretty decent characters, and there there are multiple endings depending on which characters you do stuff with. So yeah, I think Shin Shinten Four. It's been a long time since I played it. It kind of has the problem of like the characters are pretty obviously diametrically opposed, and your character is blank slate man. Yeah, because you can either kill God or Satan, or neither, or both, or summon both, or summon both. Uh, well, no, that's not Satan that you're summoning. That's Satan um, <laughs> or Lucifer or something instead. Um, I think you can summon all of the above. Beelzebub, Lucifer, Satan, they're different people in that game. Satanel. Yeah, but there's one specifically that you kill instead. And they have a different name than all the ones that you can summon. Yeah, come on. The the final boss fight is just fight Homura. Um, You blues. So I haven't actually been playing that. What have I been playing? Uh, So I ran into a really fun, like, roguelike platformer game called Skull where you can have up to two different skulls that have fairly different abilities, and then you can evolve them over the course of the game, but also you pick up a bunch of items that'll have different effects, but all all of them also have up to two symbols on them, and then the symbols can stack with each other in interesting ways, and it's just a really fun roguelike, especially if you like building builds. So, pretty fun. I have not managed to beat it yet. I've been the penultimate boss, but I have not managed to beat the final boss yet. Fun game. Would recommend. It's also like five bucks, so... Let's hear what else have I been up to. I played a really two, actually two very wild games that were both published by Annapurna uh, this weekend. Who? Uh, they're like a fairly prominent now indie uh, publisher. They did Journey. Uh, I think they did Edith Finch. I don't know. I went and looked up a bunch of their games. I'm like, I recognize almost all of these and I've heard only good things about pretty much all of these. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fair. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like mostly they're probably not games Zach would seek out, but probably most of them would be games that you enjoy. Except for the two I'm about to talk about. You would probably hate both of these. <laughs> so the first one I played um, is Sayonara Wild Hearts, um, which is just an amazing visual audio experience. The actual gameplay is... Uh, I'm trying to remember, the, like, there's a game, or like a genre of game, where you're moving in a straight line and you basically just have to tra- change tracks to not die. Rail shooter? No, there's no shooting, except for when there is. Sonic Adventure 2, specifically the rail segments. Kind of, yes. There was actually a rail segment that is just Sonic Adventure. Quick time events? No, it's like you just have to, like, you slide back and forth on tracks. Like the, It's like almost a rhythm game, but not. Yeah, like I can imagine like almost a like platformer where you're always moving sort of thing. Yeah. Descended from that sort of gameplay. Yeah, it, it's like a, what the heck would you call I can't like re- an auto scroller. Yeah, but there are multiple lanes you can be in, in addition to having to time jumps and stuff. So I can imagine how this game plays. Yeah, no, it's not very complex gameplay, but it's visually wild. There, there is a story kind of. It's wild. Everything about this game is just absolutely wild. It also only takes about an hour and a half to play through the entirety of it. So it was just an experience. Um, if you wanted to actually like get gold medals in every level, I think it would require some practice, but. Um, I did not feel the need to do that with this game, weirdly. Uh, so, would recommend that. That game came free in, like, a developer bundle I got a while ago. The other game we played, and calling to the game is kind of a stretch, <laughs> is called Telling Lies. And it's almost a spoiler to even talk about what this game is about, but you have access to an NSA database. That... Is it similar to her story? I don't know anything okay. about that game, so okay. I have no idea. Go on. 
you have access to an NSA database that ha- just like records a bunch of stuff on webcams and someone has pulled a bunch of information on this on people related to a specific event for you. The way the game works is because they had to write out all the dialogue for all the actors, there's a searchable transcript of everything that occurs in any of the videos. And your job is to just explore the videos and like piece together what happened. Yeah, her story is very, very similar. The th- her story is a murder mystery where you have basically just a bunch of police interrogation videos and you do in search terms, but your search engine is terrible and it only gives you the top five results for yep. any search. Yep. Might even be the same developer. Uh-huh. Uh, Sounds like it. I thought this was going to be a murder mystery. Spoilers? Kind of? Question mark? Uh, but I spent a lot of time running down a lead that, in fact, was not a lead, because I thought it was going to be way more important than it was. So, that was super, super interesting, and I highly recommend if you got two hours to just sit down and play it through in a single sitting. I think it was worth it, personally. That sounds boring. It was weird, like, I thought, like, it sounds like it should be very boring to play, but it was actually weirdly compelling, because you're, like, doing a bunch of detective stuff. Maybe I just like doing detective stuff, is part of the problem. I mean, it's really just a slightly interactive story, heavily told out of order, right? It's yeah, It's very yeah. similar to, like, a memento, only you have more input and control over what parts of the story you see. Yep. Yeah, like I said, calling it a game is maybe generous. It is technically a game, but mostly it is a poorly edited DVD. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that was that was pretty cool. I feel like there was one other game that I played a fair amount of. This is a little bit too new for you, but I wanted to ask, have you played any or tried Tales of Arise? Oh, I didn't even know that was out yet. I saw it was announced a while ago. So no, I have not. That's why I figured it was probably too new for you. It's only been out for like two months. <laughs> hey, I picked up Arceus right when it came out. Which yeah, is unusual for It you. is unusual. Yeah, that's I, fair. I, I panicked when you told me that. I'm like, oh no, I only have one person to sell this copy of Arceus to. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I haven't really been playing much on Steam. The Satisfactory server has been up for a while. I forgot to mention that, but it's up. I saw I saw it pop up. I don't know if it, anyone cares anymore, but it's there. I remembered the other thing I was going to talk about. So I reinstalled Slay the Spire a while ago, and then I found myself like... As, I thought we'd weaned you off of this topic. Do we need to have another intervention? I, well, okay, well, li- listen to the story, because I think the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> you think. <laughs> Uh, so the, the problem I have with Slay the Spire is it scratches a very, very particular itch for me. And I will download it because I need a more meaty time waster game on my phone than a lot of the games I have at any given point. I'm like, well, I own Slay the Spire. And then the problem becomes that I want to play Slay the Spire instead of doing literally anything else. More of the stories, I uninstalled it again, finally. And I bounced around a couple of random deck builders and none of them were nearly as good. But I found one recently called Phantom Rose, I think. It might have a subtitle or something that is not really a deck builder so much as like an action builder, but like you're getting two combats and the combats are four slots. Your enemy gets two slots and you get two slots and they're, unless you have a card effect that changes this, randomly determined. So... There are, like, just a bunch of different status effects and a bunch of different cards that have different effects based on where they are in the field or what status effects you or your opponent have. You can have one buff and one debuff at a time and generally activating one of a different type erases it. Oh, no, it's a fun game. It's not nearly as good as Slay the Spire, but it's good enough to keep my attention. So it's, like, just the right amount of not as good as Slay the Spire. (laughs) That transfers well into a game I found the day after its Kickstarter ended and played (laughs) the demo of, which is Hexarchy, which is what if Civ was a deck builder? but more Civ huh. than a deck builder. Like, you have a hex map that you found cities on and put units on, 
But instead of have your production, like you say, I want to build a mine here. And it's like your production is such that I'll take three turns. All of the production for your empire goes into your production queue. And then you need the mine card, which might cost three production. And then you put it where you want it. Interesting. That's an interesting way of doing it. Is this a that. video game or a yes, board game? It's okay. a video game. Okay. This sounds very interesting. Yeah, unfortunately, I found it the day after the Kickstarter ended. I emailed them and said, hey, can I get a free access copy of this? And they were like, no. <laughs> Fair. So I have a feeling that I'm just going to not think about it and it'll come out and I'll never know. But it was pretty interesting. I'm trying to keep my ear to the ground about a Kickstarter that I ran into and I realized, did I post that in the host chat or did I send that specifically to you, Tyler? Uh, the one about... The Maginites thing? You both. You did both. Okay. So... <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the kind of thing that's up our alley, but... Let's see. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. That's boring to talk about, but boy, have I been playing a lot of it. Because this is our second attempt recording this, I've been playing a lot of the next assignment, but I can't talk about that yet. I've also been playing a ton of the DC deck building game because my brother decided he liked it, and now we own almost every iteration of it. And we, there are some we don't because they're out of print. <laughs> and that's the only thing preventing you from it? I We haven't actually bought the Rebirth one yet, which I think plays from what I've read, very similar to the Attack on Titan deck-building game, except for that it's got a continuous campaign and you level up. But a lot of people were like, yeah, but Gotham City just gets destroyed and then you're screwed. (laughs) So you basically went from having never played it to playing it all the time. Yes, I have played it nearly every night since last we recorded. I mean, that sounds great to me, personally. That sounds like like hell to me. I mean, it might be a fun game, but I don't know that I'd want to play it every night. If you get more expansions, there are five different modes in which you can play it, which makes it a lot more palatable. I have a lot of problems with the like main mode of like, it's a game like many dick building games that saw Dominion and said, hey, I fixed this for you. And Dominion is like, what the f***? That was the most core feature of our game. Why did you ruin it? (laughs) All I know is that I lose every game of Dominion that I play. I won the game of DC tech building that we played. And that was the core feature that was broken, is Zach can't win. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The the core feature is that cards that give you points in Dominion are bad for your deck, which is the comeback mechanic of Dominion, because to buy the cards you need to win, you make your deck worse. Yep. DC, all cards give you points, which means whoever has the biggest deck usually wins, which means that the core decision you can make in a deck building game do i make a really big deck in an attempt to not draw the bad cards i started with or do i make as thin a deck as possible to be very efficient in the dc deck building game does not work yeah in the I, core mode i was gonna say and that that is the exact trap i fell into because i play a lot of dominion so i made a really lean deck when we played and did very well except for the fact that i didn't have the most points whereas in my case because i suck at it i was just like yes i will buy this card because it seems to fit with the character that i pick and then at the end where we were all tallying points i was like huh i have like 20 points more than anybody else yeah, and there's a lot of that. One, you got a good character, Zach. Not Probably not the best character in that box, but one of the best ones. Uh, Wonder I Girl. Was, yeah, Wonder Girl. And just buying cards that go with your character, as many as you can, is the way to win. The thing that sucks is that about it, well, two things. One, sometimes you're a character and you need superpowers, let's say, and none of them will show up. And so now you just have to buy bad cards you don't want because they're worth points. Two, because... Dominion has a preset of cards, and this is a deck you're randomly going through. Uh, sometimes one person just gets all the good cards flipped on their turn, and they get first dibs at them, and there is no counterplay to that. Yeah. And that sucks. That's actually one of the reasons I like the Attack on Titan game, um, is because it is random, but it's cooperative. Yes. So you're kind of like... Yeah, that mitigates together. a lot of those kind of things. Yeah. Because it's cooperative, it's all about 
working as a team instead. Yeah, making the best out of what you got. Yeah, and the DC deck building game has, for each base set, there is also a cooperative version of that, which you can play with any set, but is designed for that the set it was released okay. with. It's probably tuned even harder than the Attack on Titan deck building game, which is not as super wow. It's already a pretty game. hard game, yeah. Uh, but it is pretty fun. Quick segue, I played an absolutely, well, maybe not absolutely terrible, a pretty okay Sonic board game recently. Uh, okay, I'm highly curious. It's like Sonic Battle Racers or something to that effect. Sounds like a uh, game that would come out. Yep. So you have six lanes and you have a deck of, or a hand of cards, and the cards allow you to do things like run or jump or spin and also accelerate you or decelerate you a certain amount. Also, some of them activate a special power and every character has a special power uh, that affects their movement or something in some way. And the goal is to play your cards in such a way that you get to the end fastish, but mostly so that you pick up the most reins and or smash the most baddies on the way. And ground-based baddies can only be smat or can only be smashed while you're spinning, and air-based baddies can only be smashed while you're jumping. But also there's terrain differences, and also there's like water and obstacles and stuff, so you have to like plan your moves ahead such that you can, like, move up this board in a certain way. Also, you can attack other players. I think I've seen a game like this before. Yeah, I can't say, oh, that's just X reskinned, but it sounds like something I've seen right? before reskinned. It sounds very similar to something I've seen before, but also I've never seen anything like it, so. I just remember a couple of people playing a game at Collector Mania that looked and sounded a lot like what you're describing. I know it wasn't Sonic-themed, but... It sounds very but similar. fairly similar, it's similar to mechanics wise. The funniest thing about this, I think, is like we all pretty much just pick characters based on whatever aesthetics. I picked Big originally. The I'm cat? like, yeah, uh, but Big is actually a large figure, and we didn't want to figure out how large figure mechanics worked, so I uh, changed over to Cream, the bunny, uh, the bunny, yes, <laughs> the rabbit, Cream the rabbit. I, I know my Sonic lore. Don't have me. <laughs> uh, plays the cat in this game. Uh, yes. Okay, I'm just trying Alex to... Alex played Blaze, actually. It's Silver so, the Hedgehog in yep. this game. Okay. How many characters are in this game? About 30? Does Shadow the Hedgehog get a gun? No, no gun. Shadow just has a card that is gun. <laughs> to be fair, uh, Ed bought, like, the Super Ultra Deluxe Kickstarter version, so it's got, like, every single expansion, which is why there were so many of them. Okay. Um, it's a little bit like Jeremy's Batman game, then? Yeah, like, it comes with a bunch of different terrain packs and stuff. What we found by playing, though, is Ed played Supersonic. And the rest of us played just random characters. And Ed's ability is that, like, hyperlight dash thing that you can do to, like, jump to a ring that you do in Sonic Adventure games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, turns out that's really broken in this game. And Ed finished the entire course while the rest of us were about halfway through, which means he picked up every single ring on the way. So he was at, like, 48 points while the rest of us were at, like, 12 <laughs> you know, I could have told you that character was going to be hilariously broken. Oh, yeah. No, I was reading it. I'm like, oh, this ca him and Tails, I think, are the most busted characters. But I went and looked up a tier list because people made tier lists for characters in this game. And in fact, Supersonic and Tails are S tier while everyone else is C tier. <laughs> <laughs> is Super Shadow in there? Uh, no, just regular Shadow. Yeah, it's a weird collection of characters. Also, some of the villains, can, like you can also play it with a boss that you had to fight at the end. So that kind of balances it out because you could have all the rings and then just like face plant into a boss. Yeah, and then you lose all your rings. Up. Yep. That's how Sonic works. Yeah, that's actually one of the mechanics is if you attack a player or the player takes damage in any way that actually scatters rings on the board and other people can pick them up as they're running by. That's cool. Yeah. It seems like there are some good ideas there, but it's not great execution. So speaking of Supersonic, 
we played Dragon Warrior slash Quest 3 this week. It's Dragon Warrior 3 in my head, because that's what the Game Boy cart I had as a child says. Even though it's definitely Dragon Quest 3. This is a game I liked a lot when I was a kid, and I still have some fondness for it, for sure. But replaying it ruined a lot of that nostalgia. I know I've said before that I think this is very similar to Final Fantasy, but does a lot of what Final Fantasy did better. And that's wrong. Final Fantasy is a better <laughs> game than this. I couldn't get into it. I played it for like an hour and just could not make myself care. And I think it's because it's because it's such an early RPG, JRPG. There's a lot more go out and grind than go out and listen to my story. And that's a lot of Dragon Warrior too is like they just like that um as a as an ethos. I mean that's fair if that's what you want to do, but generally speaking I'm here for stories when I'm playing RPGs like yeah, Persona 5 when you're trying to replay that game has 2 hours worth of just getting to know the the characters. You have to do and... your taxes and your taxes from last year before you can start the game. <laughs> uh, but like I like the, the the setup of the world, and most of the problems come in when I'm replaying. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the this game's biggest weaknesses, to give like a preview of my overall thoughts on the game, is like there aren't a lot of plot hooks, and no. a lot, and a, the ones that do exist are like very basic, very simple. You are the hero's son or daughter, so you get <laughs> chosen by the king to go round up some idiots in a tavern and go save the world <laughs> from Doctor Agon. I like. I, it sounds like. <laughs> You know, everybody's first uh, D&D game. You meet in a tavern. Well, yeah, except it's one of you specifically recruiting everyone. Yeah. You're hiring a bunch of mercenaries. To be fair, you go to the tavern to do interviews to figure out your <laughs> perfect party. Because that's my favorite part of this game. And I think that's the biggest problem is my favorite part of this game is the first thing you do, which is go over to the tavern and decide what you want your party to be from a bunch of different classes, which all have benefits and detriments. You can change characters' classes halfway through and that halves their stats but that because it only halves them it means you have influence so if you have a fighter that you later change into a cleric you have a made more physically powerful cleric than you did before or if you have a cleric you change into a fighter you have a fighter that knows some healing spells it's actually pretty good i actually went uh warrior is one of my first classes specific which is like fighter but it's more like monk yeah, um, I, I forgot that. I think Warrior is... You're thinking of Fighter, actually. Warrior is the one that can do it, get equipment. Yeah, and yeah. Is I, what you think of when you think Fighter. I think I accidentally... Like, I think I missed part of that, because the party I ended up with was just, like... I didn't seem to you have any... You just the downstairs party, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's very bad at telling you. I mean, the reason it's bad at telling you is the instructions tell you. This game is from back when you were supposed to read the instructions before you started playing. But the game does not signpost, hey, go upstairs and, like, pick a thief or something. Um, yeah, so I, it was like, here's a cleric, a black mage, and a war and a fighter. Good luck. Yep, I took a fighter, a was it? Is it a, actually a cleric? Is that what they're called in this? Uh, depends on your translation. That's fair. I took a a, a fighter, a healer character, and the uh, roused about jester lazy character yeah wh who is the magic arp of this game they have a chance of just disobeying your orders like you don't have enough gym badges they have terrible stats but they can promote to a sage which is the red mage broken class that gets all white magic all black magic and weapons uh for free whereas other classes need a special book there's only one of in the game to take that class i did not know that going into it i just took it because i had really high luck and i thought that was a funny stat to max out so <laughs> I mean, it definitely sounds like it. I, I kind of wish I knew that was there because it sounds like an interesting class or at least a different way of doing it. I was going to say, you also take a personality test at the beginning of the game, which has influence over your stats. 
Yeah, and I we, think you and I both got Lone Wolf. Yeah, we if both I ended up as right. Lone Wolf. <laughs> I don't remember what I got. We talked about this on the last recording, but it's something I want to reiterate. I miss when JRPGs would do that. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I get why they don't anymore. It's because everybody just is like has FOMO, and so they look up what's the best personality to have in this game <laughs> to make my stats the best. And it just becomes a guy dang it thing. And it's one of those things that players have optimized the fun out of those. But I do miss them as a concept. I do kind of miss that. But at the same time, there are some other reasons why you wouldn't want to include it. it specifically, if you have a character who is actually a character, like in the Tales games. The main character isn't just you're going to project onto this character and this is you. That's one of the reasons I like Tales a lot, is like, and also Star Ocean, is like the main character is not a blank slate. They are, they are a character with a distinct personality who goes and does stuff. You're just the one telling them who to hit with a sword. Uh, Final Fantasy is also probably one of those games that people would put on that list yep. as an example. Yeah, I forgot that Final Fantasy existed for a moment there. So, And to be fair, when this game came out, Final Fantasy was not quite that yet. Final Fantasy was experimenting with, do we want to be like Dragon Quest, or do we want to have stories? Or do we want to have a job system? Yes. Speaking of guy dang it type stuff, though, this game is kind of full of it. It's one of those old JRPGs that expects you to talk to everyone, and most people are boring and have nothing to say. But one <laughs> old man has the secret Magibomb that you need to advance the plot. Yep, there is. I don't like it when games do that, in part because like, if you were to set a game down and then come back to it later, it's like, what am I doing? It mostly needs a little bit better signposting. Like, I actually kind of like Bravely Default because it will generally say... Like, if you don't know who to talk to, it'll say, like, you know, go talk to people in, like, this neighborhood of this city to, like, narrow it down a little bit because they're the ones who, like, experienced a monster attack or something. So, it, like, makes sense from a plot perspective that they had to go talk to a bunch of random NPCs. Like, I don't know. It just needs, like, some better signposting of, like, a bunch of people need to point you in the direction of Old Man with Magibomb. No one does. Or, like, sometimes you talk to the right person, go and do the quest, and then you can't advance, and that's because the game wants you to come back to town and talk to people again. And, like, it doesn't tell you that ever, and why would I talk to all these people? I literally just talked to them, like, a half hour ago. And most of them aren't changing what they're saying. Yeah. Although, I feel like that's definitely a problem in older games, because now in more in modern games, you have a quest log that it just keeps track of stuff like that. And I'm of a mixed mind. Uh, like, I kind of want something in between, because I don't want, like, a marker or something, or, like, a, an explicit log saying, like, here is exactly what you need to do next. Because it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of the discovery, I think. But also, you do need to t tell players what the hell to do so that you don't run into old man with magic bomb syndrome. On the one hand, I kind of agree with you. But on the other hand, Tyler, you run into the same problem of it just turns into guide dang it. And people will just look up what it is on the guide. Arceus actually has one of those in there because there's a very specific setup that you need to do that the game has in it. Nowhere in the game does it tell you or hint at it. Oh, you mean the super tie-in quest that you have to own Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl to know the answer to? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I find those things kind of cool because if you're a person who played Shining Diamond or Brilliant Pearl and saw that, then you get to apply your knowledge. That's very cool. And if you're not, you just look it up and it's fine. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that it's a problem by by doing that kind of thing i'm more of saying that you're going to end up with people who even people who played brilliant diamond shining pearl who are just going to look it up because they didn't look at that particular book in the game they're just going to look it up so it's like you're dedicating extra effort to this that people are just going to ignore anyway so because i sometimes facetiously facetiously pitch this podcast of people as unfairly comparing modern or old video games to modern standards 
Uh, something that I think actually strikes a pretty good balance with this is Undertale, because you have no idea what effect anything is going to have in Undertale. Uh, I thought that was just my job on this podcast. Oh, no, that, that that's explicitly... I, I uh, pitched this podcast as we just talk about random stuff for a half hour, and then we unfairly compare an old video game to modern standards for the last half hour. Oh, we didn't mention that Fortune Street is in this game. The, oh, yeah, which I did not get to, which I'm sad about. This game is the origin of Fortune Street, the greatest pseudo-board game that's ever been created, which is what if Monopoly was good, actually? It, yeah, it's it's what if Monopoly, but also you can invest in other people's property, so you're not just out of the game if someone gets the best property. It's fun. I like Fortune Street a lot. It's a it's a very interesting setup. It's a kind of a neat game. It's kind of unfortunate that we won't see another mainline one on the Switch or anything like that. I guess we could hold out some hope that they might port the Wii one over, but I doubt it. I mostly just want, like, an online-capable one so that I can just play with people I am not physically in the same room with. Yeah, my brother and sister-in-law have my Wii U, because that's where their Fortune Street save data is. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else we want to say about this game? It's not the worst NES JRPG you can go back to, but unfortunately it's not as good as it was in my head. I it's will s- pretty close. Like, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of better ones available. I will say, I think this is my favorite Dragon Quest game. Yeah, you haven't played four or five or six. Yeah, though, no, right? of which the, are the ones, ones I say played. are good. Yeah, <laughs> of the ones I have played, which are the ones that we have played for this podcast, it is my favorite. All right, then. Speaking of our favorite Dragon Quest game, we have a list on our website www.lastpodcast.com listing all the games we played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger, the real Akira Toriyama JRPG. Surprisingly, no Super Saiyans though. Chrono is just Trunks. Yeah, but he never goes Super Saiyan. Uh, at the bottom is City Connection. No connection to this game. In the middle, we have Golf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't normally like to compare games to the, like, ten games we played before Zach was on the podcast. But like I said, this game in my head is always compared to Final Fantasy, which I don't think it's as good as. The original. You agree with that, right, Tyler? That I don't think this game is as good as Final Fantasy? That is what I'm saying, yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I The, the original Final Fantasy is... Sub- surprisingly good especially now that i played a bunch of contemporary jrpgs like dang final fantasy was surprisingly good all right time to scroll down till i hit a jrpg crazy taxi is in the jrpg (laughs) what if you could level up stats in crazy taxi i'd be all about it but (laughs) huh vehicular homicide stat went up no they all dodge out of the way in crazy taxi i don't think you're able to run over people you're thinking of Crazy Taxi Mod for uh, GTA. <laughs> you said this was your favorite Dragon Quest, and I agree, which makes it better than Dragon Quest 2, right? Yeah, no, I think so. Okay, now I just look at a bunch of games. Oh, Pokemon TCG is in here. That's kind of a JRPG. Huh. I think I prefer Pokemon TCG. Uh, yeah, I'm of a mixed opinion, because I actually really like Pokemon Trading Card Game as a like random battle mechanic. Do I but like the game it? is a little screwy. Yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of the game itself, so I'm like, hmm. I think I probably vote Dragon Quest, but like, I am willing to accept an an, an argument. I lean towards Pokemon TCG mostly just because it's quicker, right? It knows what it is. It doesn't outstay its welcome. That's rare. You, you play it. You power up your deck. You figure out what the best deck is by net decking it, and you destroy that game by net decking it. You don't even have to. Just Solar Beam all the time. No, uh, it's Electabuzz, Scyther, Hitmonchan? Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, because it got really powerful uh, single energy moves. Yeah. Yeah. And Scyther's only attacking move requires neutral energy, so you don't actually need any grass energy for it. That's fair. I usually lead Scyther and put Venusaur in the back so that I can do energy transfer. 
Now that I played a ton of this game or anything. I don't remember very much about the <laughs> mechanics of how to play Pokemon. Blastoise's thing is really dumb, but kind of useful, is that when it's on the field, you can attach an infinite number of water energy per turn. Which is pretty good. But only if, if you, you have a bunch of water energy in your hand. Well, if you have draw power, and you should. Yep. You should have four bills, four Professor Oaks. There's so much stupid, powerful draw power in early Pokemon TCG. Yep. All right, now we're at this segment where I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, is it better than Donkey Kong? The original Donkey Kong? Yeah, I think so. That game's only got one screen times four. Yeah. Yeah, question mark. I kind of like the original Donkey Kong, but yeah, no, I think I agree. Yeah, I think I do too. Is it better than Stronghold? That's RPG-esque. I don't think so. I really like the castle building mechanics and whatnot in Stronghold and how you have to kind of gauge what your storage and also like basing your population on how many people you can actually recruit and manage stores and stuff like that. Weirdly, I was not necessarily more bored while playing Stronghold, but I was a lot less interested while yeah. playing Stronghold. Stronghold is a game, if you describe Stronghold to me and you describe Dragon Quest Three to me, I'm going to take Stronghold. But I feel like it weirdly doesn't really pay off on its promises or premise. Whereas Dragon Quest Three is old and doesn't do it as well as maybe it should, but I feel like it does better. So I lead towards Dragon Quest Three, although just barely. I just really like the fantasy of managing, of being, you know, the, the castle lord and all that stuff. Oh boy, do I have a game recommendation for you that I completely forgot about until Stronghold Warlords? Dwarf yeah. Fortress. Uh, well, it's in between those two, actually. It's actually on my Steam wish list, but I don't think it's ever coming out. Okay. Now I get to be extra lost. Ninja Gaiden 2 is an NES game. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I prefer Ninja Gaiden. I think so, too. More fun to play, so Zach, you can give the confused look, and no one will know if you ever did, because you don't have to make a decision. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know which one I would say, so I'm lucky that I don't have to make a choice. It controls better than Mario 64 DS. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but that's mostly because Mario 64 controlled like ass, like most early 3D games. I, I'm sorry, are we comparing yes, it to Mario are. 64 DS? I have two options left, and that's one of them. I think I prefer Mario 64 DS. Huh. So, Zach, you you got the final choice. I think I prefer it over Mario 64. All right. So, Dragon Quest Three goes at number 159, above Mario 64 DS, and below Ninja Gaiden 2. <laughs> it's a weird spot. Well, b- because we're re-recording this, Tyler, they don't get to hear me tricking you into picking the game I want you to pick instead of a game you want to play. That is true. So this will sound like my actual real decision that I made with my human brain. Um, I'm going to say Banjo-Tooie, because I recently <sighs> paid for Nintendo's Super Premium Plus Ultra subscription, so I've got and specifically to go play Majora's Mask, and you can bet we're playing that before we're done with this podcast. I'd imagine. It would be st- crazy if we didn't play that Bill Murray time loop game where the moon tries to kill you before the podcast <laughs> was over. I have a lot of fond memories of that game. As I do with Banjo-Tooie, which I think will also make a really good episode, because I feel like there's an alternate world where Banjo-Tooie is a great game that ruined video games, but it's not. <laughs> so next time on Last Time, hey, stop rhyming.